No success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. That's why Club Wealth was founded, to help driven, successful, and busy real estate agents like you double their business while building a strong, balanced home life. Join us each week as high-producing agents and team leaders share their stories and unpack the principles and systems they've used to double, triple, and even quadruple their business while enjoying greater quality of life. And now, here's the latest episode of Club Wealth TV. Welcome, everybody. My name is Michael Hellickson. I am one of the coaches here at Club Wealth coaching consulting and we're very very excited uh, today as you can tell i am not in my normal office i'm in san francisco california attending the inman conference uh here to see a bunch of our friends and clients so super excited if you guys are at inman reach out uh, post it in the uh, post here so that i know that you're here so i can connect with you but uh, very excited for today's club wealth tv episode with mr kevin yoder the man the myth the legend uh, Kevin Yoder, this guy, I'm not kidding, man. He is no joke. He is a world-class beast. Uh, he is going to talk to us today about how he gets his listing appointments to come into the office so he doesn't have to go out to them. And he's what's really cool is he's in this market where the typical uh, agents got maybe one listing per month, and Kevin's taking 15 listings a month that are coming to his office. Pretty awesome stuff. He's going to be talking to us about that and also about how he's onboarding new-to-the-industry agents. So, you know, a lot of people talk about when they're building their teams, you know, oh, I only want experienced people. I don't want to have to babysit new agents, yada, yada, yada. But the reality is Kevin's figured out how to not only make it work with new agents, but he's developed a process for onboarding them that's highly efficient and enables them to join the team and get up and running and profitable right away. So we're super excited about hearing about that. So thank you, Kevin, for being with us today. And before you get started, I want to give a shout out to my co-hosts, Mrs. Cherie the Lioness Benjamin, who, uh, as you guys know, Cherie is freaking no joke. Excuse me, Sri came to us about uh, almost two years ago now, something like about around over two two years. It's been over two years now. Oh my gosh. Uh, But her first six months, I always like to tease her because her first six months in Club Up, she kind of dipped her toe in the water, you know, it was her and an assistant. And she's like, I'm going to just see if I believe these guys. And then about six months into it, she's like, okay, this makes sense. I'm going to get engaged. And she got engaged and she went out and she built the team in the next 12 months. She built a 25 person team that did over 250 transactions that year. Uh, And this year is on track to break the 500 transaction mark with uh, right around 30 agents. So rock star, Sheree, thank you for being here. Uh, She's also one of our club wealth coaches for those of you that didn't know that. Uh, And then of course, we, of course, have to have, uh, you know, if Warren Buffett is the Oracle of Omaha, then <laughs> Ryan Curtis is the sage of sales. I don't know. I will have to figure out exactly what that means. Maybe it's the Sultan of sales. I don't know. But Brian is the man, no matter how he slices it. He is ridiculous. Last year, doing uh, over 330 transactions in a place called Bentonville, Arkansas, which is right next to sagebrush. I don't know. We're not sure what's there, uh, but it's out there in Arkansas and Brian is completely out of production as is Sheree. So both of them now are able to run their teams without personally having to go on appointments, uh, which is super cool. So I, I love having smart people around me, especially when they're smarter than I am, which all three of these people are. So I'm going to shut up now and I'm going to let you guys do us talking. Kevin Yoder, welcome to Club Wealth TV. Tell us a little bit more about you. 
I appreciate the introduction, Michael. Uh, we're I'm at a, a sort of a middle-sized town in Western Michigan called Grand Rapids, Michigan, home to Gerald R. Ford and Amway and a few other cool things happening around in the state of Michigan. And uh, been here all my life. I have moved out of the area for about five to six years back in the late 90s and found myself back in good old Grand Rapids right around the turn of 2000 and got into real estate shortly thereafter. Uh, so I've been in the business for about 16 years and boy, lots of lessons learned. We can jump into it whenever you're ready. Dude, just hit it. So let's talk first about Sheree and Brian. I'm going to let you guys do most of the questions here, but I want to know right away. I mean, I'm here about these listing appointments coming to your office and a lot of people would say that's just insane. And granted, I never did that, right? Not that I didn't want to, but I just always felt like I was able to get more, you know on more appointments if I would just go to them. And I wanted to lower that barrier of resistance. But and I and I can only think of a handful of people in America um, that have done a good job of dialing that system in. There's you, there's Coach Damon Gatier, and of course Ali Gatier, and then uh, Curtis Johnson. So tell us how you do it. How do you get these people to come to the office? And what if they say no? Uh, <clears throat> great question. You know, I think it's important to start off from the beginning is why, why I did it. And early on, it was, it was really a two piece process. It was number one is to separate myself from the competition because I was really not able to share anything much different in the home than other agents were sharing. So I was converting at about 50 to 60%. And the other piece was a leverage tool. If I can stack up two to three appointments in one night and then have 10 to 15 appointments in a week, and by the way, be home in my house by seven o'clock. That was a huge win for me. Win for the client from an experience standpoint, win for me as a busy business owner, still in production, not having to sit in someone else's kitchen at seven o'clock and miss my family. I have three little kids. This all was you know, several years ago when I was missing dinners and wanted to be a great dad and a business owner at the same time. So I had a moment. Can I share the moment? Absolutely. Let me share the moment. Yeah, let me share the moment. I'm standing in someone's kitchen and I'm presenting old fashioned style and their TV was up real loud and the husband was half tuned in. The wife was cooking dinner, half tuned in. The kid was, I think the, the kid spit up on me and the dog was rubbing against my leg in my nice suit. So all these things combined, I kind of just at that moment, I threw my hands in the air and said, this is it for me because if I'm going to have a baby spit up on me and a dog hump my leg, it's going to be my dog and my baby. And that was the moment for me. And I said, you know what? I heard other people talk about this and I always dismissed it and said, you know what? It's too hard. I'm not going to do it. I literally went back to the office the next morning, walked up to my assistant and said, I'm not doing any more in, in home listing appointments. She said, you're freaking crazy. How are you going to do that? I said, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to do it. So I scheduled a call with, with Curtis and a couple other guys that were doing it. And I took notes and then called them back afterwards and poked holes in the process. And I took more notes and poked holes in the process. And then I just did it. And I tried to schedule my first one and flopped. My second one flopped, but slightly better. My third one starting to get a little bit better at this. And probably after attempting about seven to 10 of these in-office appointments, it just became a natural part of our, our scripted dialogue process. That's the beginning part. And when you do something over and over and over and over again, as you know, you get really good at it. And that's where we are. We're about five years in on this process. 
Now, I think that's the first time on Club Wealth TV that we've received the official advice to never let another man's dog hump your leg. I'm pretty sure that's the first, uh, but it does sound like solid advice. I mean, I got to assume that that's probably a good move to not let that happen. Kevin, can you talk a little bit about the holes that you had to fill? You said there were certain things. What were those mistakes that you were making early on? Right. It was honestly, it's the, it's the hump. So someone calls in and they are, they are, of course, expecting you to come to their home and that's natural and that's what they want. And, and we actually call it the turn in the script where we're asking for all the, the details of the property on the inbound form. That's all nice, 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 nice. And you get to the part where you say, okay, now the next step is, and we call that the turn. And the turn is where you have to step up your level of energy and influence because you're about ready to drop something on them that they're not prepared to hear. Come out to your house. That's what they're thinking. So much so that even when we deliver it, they sometimes don't even hear it. They sometimes go, okay, well, when are you going to be at my house? I'm like, well, did you just hear that whole part about coming in the office and coming in and meeting the team and all this jazz? So it's, it's super critical. And in the beginning, if it's undersold, it's underdelivered and it's underappreciated. So it's really a lot. We focus a lot on that is what the hell is the value in this process? If it doesn't, if you, if it doesn't seem like a value, it's not going to work. And so we really drill that down. We got the script down. We practice it. I have videos on how to just explain this process because well, the other piece though, too, here's the big kicker is you actually have to believe that it is a value for the seller. And if you don't believe that you're not going to articulate that. So getting over that home too, and then beginning to see the feedback loop is the feedback loop. This worked. the client appreciated. They left here feeling like they experienced something they didn't experience somewhere else. Wow. This is so different. Oh my God. I never seen this before because I can show you so much more. I can show you the systems, the, the marketing, the team, they meet, they meet the entire team when they're here. There's a, there's a sign out front with their name on it. There's a greeting from a receptionist feels a lot like a business suddenly. And that's, those are some of the holes that we had to fill. I got to tell you, first of all, I'm loving this. And, and it's, it really is out of the box thinking, right? And, and I know that phrase gets thrown around a lot, but the reality is you're doing something very, very different than everybody else out there. There's only a very small handful of people that would even consider doing what you're doing. Uh, and it's working well for you, but I completely agree with you. I think you've really got, if you're going to go down this road, you've got to wait oversell it. You've got to make sure that this is like, this big deal to these clients so that not only they want to come to the office, but when they get there, they're like, wow, this is a big deal. It's an experience. It's so completely different than what everybody else does. And, you know, everybody else just came to my office and showed me their freaking or to my house and showed me their awards. You're actually bringing me in, introducing me to your whole team, showing me your operations, showing me how it works. And oh my gosh, I'm body and where do I sign? There it so. is. So I mean, let's, I'm, I'm, let's, talk, let's talk numbers for a second, Kevin. So, you know, you told, you said earlier that you were doing 50 to 60%. Let's just say 60%. So basically if you went on 10 appointments, you got six listings. Is that fair on, in the old way? So where are you at now? So, you know, cause I guarantee you there's people watching this right now going, yeah, you know what, Kevin's a really great salesperson or, you know, I, that won't work in my market. I mean, I can hear the objections over and over and over again. And I'm obviously I'm not there with those people. So let's just cover the first one. So you were at 60%, we'll call it. What's your closing percentage today? Sure. So now, now we have a different conversion because in the initial way, the old way of doing it, 
I was always going to show up at their house, right? So that, that conversion point, unless I got in a car accident, was always 100%. But now we have a second conversion point, which is, which is show up rate to the office. So that's a new wedge in there. That, that show up rate is critical. And we had to work on ways to improve that process so that we could guarantee to improve show up rate. Now you always have fall off. You always have things going on. Suddenly the client's life is, is a part of the equation. The kids, schedules, the, 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 the late at work, all that stuff that goes in, which would have positioned me in a driveway at seven o'clock waiting for them to get home. Now when I'm in my office waiting for someone to show up or not. So I'll take it all day long, but uh, we're about 85% conversion from set to, to show up. And then from show up to signed, it's high. We're at 90%. Wow, that's so we were happy with those conversion rates. So it, you're, it's, you're it's working. Like, we'll just call it eighty percent. So if you yeah. if you set eight appointments, then you're gonna if you set ten appointments, you're gonna list eight houses. Which you know, considering yeah. that you know, like you say, you can sit in your office, work, 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 or you know, do whatever you want to do, and then the person shows up and you're and you're ready to go. Versus, I'm driving, I'm irritated, I'm in traffic, I'm frustrated, all the other things that come along with that, and oh crap, I'm I'm two minutes late, and you know, is the is the is the seller going to be irritated that I'm two minutes late, and now I'm in there, and like you say, you've you've eliminated the environment, and that's you know, if there's one thing that I love about this whole process is I now control the environment. Environment. I know exactly who's going to be, you know, what what the situation is going to be. I can I can control things, and you know, as as a group, we're not control freaks. But let's say that we like things to be the way they they should be because that gives us the ability to, you know, we don't have to adapt as much. And let's face it, like you said, kids puking and dogs humping your leg is not ideal for trying to have a sales conversation. Yeah, so, for sure. For sure. So, Kevin, can we talk about the the sources? So, these people that are coming in are these people that you've known? Are these people you're getting from radio and TV? Are these people that you're you know you're doing some sort of prospecting for? Where are they typically coming from? That's a great question, and I was hoping someone would ask because it really works into this conversation well. Brian, I thought you were right there with it. This is good. Uh, the The sourcing is important, but I don't think it's it's not the end all. But I will tell you this: that the in office appointment concept process converged with with radio. So at the same time that I made a decision to do in office, we were also going going heavy with radio and TV advertisements, which. A come list me call is quite different than an expired listing or a for sale by owner. I think they're I think they're actually tiered in that way. Where if you said a come list me from radio or a or a referral, and then down that list as far as difficulty to conversion to an in office might be expired, and at the very bottom is probably for sale by owner. And this that particular avenue I'm not even touching right now, uh, and not for good reason, just because I think there's some barriers to getting them to come in. And I as being someone in production, uh, which I'm actually one foot out now, but, uh, unwilling, I guess I'm willing to, to go to someone's house. This is it because I, I want to present here. So here's what I want to ask. Yeah. What if they say no? What if, what if you've got this appointment, you know, you're, you're on the phone with this person and you really, you're, you're trying to get them to come to the office and they're just like, yeah, no pound Sam. Like I'm not coming to your office. Uh, it's, I mean, it, again, so you have the first round, we have the turn and the turn is, is the first event of a of a no response, and that's usually expected. 
and for that, we just have simple responses. We explain things. Usually the, the no, I'm not coming in doesn't come in the form of no. That's probably, we've already di- identified it's going to be, it's going to be 5% of the population that outright just says no. And we can't change that. And then we have to ask the question is, is this our ideal client? We do firmly believe that our ideal client exists in this marketplace and we'd rather play with them than they would with those that are not ideal because it's going to, if you think about it, I always, I always explain it this way. If you were to call a high powered attorney in your town, someone who gets people off the hook, somebody that is high powered and they get stuff done. I know I can't swear on this, so I'll keep it clean. But that person, <laughs> you, you know I'm talking about, like, you know, you know, the one that you, you're going to get off the hook, yeah. you're going to call their office. Are you telling me that, that they're going to, you're going to actually question their process? They're going to say, here's the deal. This is how we do it. You come in, we sit down, we have a consultation. I'm going to do boom, boom, boom. And you're going to do boom, boom, boom. And if you don't do that, I'm not going to work with you. So for some reason, I don't know why or how the real estate industry has been positioned in a different light so that suddenly we're not allowed to have those sort of conversations, but I believe that we should and could and can and do and will. And that's what this is really about. This is how we do it. You called me and for a reason, and for that reason, here's how we do it. Here's our game plan. Here's our strategy. And for a, for a brief little jaunt, you know, spend, spend, go out to dinner, come in like you would to the dentist's office or the doctor's office or your attorney or any other professional you'd come visit. I promise you, when you leave here, you're not going to regret coming in. And mostly the, the objection isn't necessarily about coming in the office, but it's mostly about misunderstanding our ability to price a home without getting eyeballs on the product. And that's something we just explained. So that's a, that's a great question because there's another objection I hear in, again, in my head and, and other agents are saying right now is so if I'm, if I'm a seller and if I want to be, you know, the, the pain in the butt seller, I'll be right now just for the sake of this conversation is, so there's no way yeah. my so unique. There's no way that you can value my house without coming and taking a look at it. What, what's your, what's, how do you handle that objection? Yeah, that's good. I'm just going to show you a quick little diagram real quick. So this is, this is how we explain it. Can you see that? Okay. I'm familiar with Got that. It. I use it myself. Okay. Yeah. 60, 30, 10. So Mr. And Mrs. Seller, we know that already before we begin this conversation, that 60% of the equation, which is location is already handled. We know where you live, right? They can't disagree with that. Okay. And then by the way, we just spent the last 20 minutes, 20 minutes asking you bedroom, bath combination, square footage, and any acreage. Those three components will drive value on an appraisal report because price per square foot acreage and bedroom bath combination all drive value and we can they can they can articulate that through an appraisal process the top of the pyramid is 10 percent. that's really the amenity piece we have 90 percent of the equation handled and all the also by the way a lot of people like to take that 10 percent and put it down here and say that they're super nice fluffy duffy whatever it is is going to drive the value up through the next bracket but it's truly not so we can handle 90% of this before we even talk about anything else. But then I just asked you a bunch of questions about your quartz or your granite. So I'm pretty clear on the quality of your home. We agree you have a top-notch property. And for that reason, we're going to push up the top of this bracket. Fair enough? Sounds fair. All right. So occasionally you have a home that two things, you you just, you know, I'm in real estate. I I sort of, sort of like homes, you know, it's sort of fun. Uh, (laughs) Like to check out some property. So once in a while we'll get a nice, high-end listing. And, and I'm like, yeah, let's go. You know, he's going to, obviously the higher in scale, 
the more of these special things that this pyramid's probably not going to quite, you know, the more nuanced it becomes. So this, this is, this is going to handle about 90% of all listings, but then those top tier properties for two reasons, I want to get out of the office because I don't get to do that very much anyway. And, uh, I want, it's more of an ego thing. Like they think their home is better than anyone else's and they want, and it's important that you show them that. So walking through it and ultimately here's the deal. I'll tell you this, this is the truth of the matter. It doesn't change the outcome. In other words, I don't get out to the house and go, oh, God, I didn't get that koi pond. Let's just add an extra 20 grand on it. That never happens. And the other piece is that those that I go out to and I bend on, I usually don't list it on the first call. And usually they are just a little bit more high maintenance than I want to deal with. And I don't list it anyway. So there's that weird little piece in there. And that may be that may be me causing that final outcome through my thought process. But we can deal, deal with that one later. Sounds like a coaching issue. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It might. It might. A, a different call, though. A different call. Uh, okay. So let's let's talk a bit a little bit about this, and and I think it's a really you know again I I have a little bit of insight. Obviously, you and I have talked about this at length and what the process looks like, and I'm not asking you to give away any any super secrets here and share your stuff exactly. But you know, so I'm I'm the I'm the the seller, and I come into your office. What do I do? So you know, what is what does that look like? What what is the process? So I'm going to shake the front the the director of first impressions hand, and then what happens? Sure. You, you, a simple sit down, you fill in a survey in the lobby. Uh, you're, you're given a, a beverage, um, anything you want. We have a whole, obviously a whole array of beverages here. We used to do customized things and that just began to be a, a, like a, like an ongoing vending machine issue. So we, 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 we stopped that, but it, it's, it's, bever- it's, it's sitting down and filling in a brief survey. It's it just a seller survey. We call it a seller survey, which then gives us insight, the listing agent insight when we finally sit down with them face to face of their disc profile and a few other things that we're going to need to know about in order to serve them at the highest level possible. And then they, then they go into the conference room and uh, video rolls. It's just a video we put together, which articulates the, the listing process, which is essentially it's the listing presentation. And we want to talk about a high level of leverage where it's a person clicking through a slideshow over and over and over and over and over again. And I'm, and I'm human like anybody else. My biggest fear was that I'd hire a listing agent and the fact that they're tired at seven o'clock at night is going to impact that conversion. I'm the same way. After two appointments, the third one, I'm like, yeah, anyway, you know, here's the deal. And there's a virtual tour and, you know, here's sign here. You know what I mean? So putting it in video really captures the essence of it. You spend some money on it. You, you just bullet all the key components, show them the team, show them the virtual tours, and they can see it. I heard, um, I think it was Cardone who said, you know, any, anytime you can explain something, if you could show them, it's going to have more impact. And I spent a lot of time talking about drone cinematography and they'd look at me like, drone what? Like, oh, it's cool. You know, the thing flies over your house. And I put my arms in the air like an idiot. And then they look at me and it's, and it's half received. So let me just show you this thing. And that's what we do. And after that, we walk through the pricing model and um, agree on a price and if it makes sense that we're going to work together, we do. And then we, we schedule a time for them to, for our, um, our market prep specialist. We used to call it staging, but staging freaks people out. They think we're going to come in and flip furniture around. So we just call it market prep specialist. Alyssa is, she's actually trained in that, but she's also our photographer. So she goes in, does a walkthrough room by room, takes notes on what needs to get done. And then she goes back later on and she's the accountability uh, person for that process, which then makes sure that they complete the, 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 the homework. Let's call it homework. We also do a lot of pre-inspections, which means 
we've worked on a discount with an inspection local inspector who does pre-inspections for about 200 bucks he'll go through the home and, and do a basically a full inspection and then the seller can work on that that both lists one's like the, the fluffy fluffy moving furniture around decluttering piece while the while the other stuff's going on as well which is the the stuff they uncovered during the the inspections as well. So that way, that way, when we go to market, we know we've got the, the the base level stuff, which is the staging, and also if there's anything major that's going on at the house, we want to make sure that the seller is repaired in advance. One so, of the numbers I don't know if if you I don't think that we hit was you said that they come into the office. Of course, we know they come into the office to do your listing appointment. Um, what's the percentage that you would say sign the first time? Because it's something brand new. So we're going through all this, and this is the average seller, even if they are not a first-time seller, this is something brand new for them. Uh, so what's the percentage that typically sign the first time? Sure, 90. It's high. It's high. It's, it's, we, we, it's surprising to us when someone decides that they want to go elsewhere because we recommend, you know, go take a look, go, go interview other agents, and then, and, then, and then compare it. Run it through your filters. You know, we've all been given a, a brain by our creator, which allows us to make decisions. You can interview someone else and then compare it to what we do and just sit there and make a decision. Just make your decision. It's not that hard. This is what they do. This is what we do. We connect, we show you the marketing. And most of the time it's obvious. Most of the time it's it's super obvious that we're going over and above what our competition is doing. So the 10% of that 10% that doesn't sign 5% end up signing. They just have to come back in. And we tell them that I said, you know, you you can, I can leave the room. You can, talk about me behind my back. I'll come back in a few minutes. I'm cool with that. And sometimes they just joke and say, well, we'll just talk about you right here. I'm like, okay, great, great. Just fire away. I'm here. Sometimes I'll leave. Sometimes they'll leave and come back. And I'll say, you know, and it makes a lot of sense. Just tell you what, we also have a one day listing agreement. So if you're not happy, you can fire us anytime. Therefore, let's go ahead and sign the documents. And then if you're not happy, if you, made, if you think you made the wrong choice, go home tomorrow and call me and just, we'll just tear up the documents. It's very simple. It makes it easier when you don't have a, a six month contract because suddenly the rules have changed. We just bend, we just bend the rules and say, there's no contract. So therefore you can fire me tomorrow or the next week or anytime you want. If we fulfill your desires and work is performed, then you're not going to do that. And we get very few cancellations. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay, so now I want to back up to my original question of what about those guys that are like, screw you, I'm not coming to your office. Like, does it does anybody really press it that far? And are you willing to say, no, if you're gonna come to my office, I'm not doing your appointment, or will you go out there and list it anyway? Yeah, the answer is it depends. If it's screw you, I'm not coming to your office, and they're also an outlier geographically speaking. Well, screw you. I'm not coming to your house. If it's it's not screw you, but it's more like, hey, here's the thing. I understand. This is usually how it goes, right? I understand your process. I'm a system. Usually it's this version. I I own a business myself. I'm a process system guy. I bet you have all sorts of cool things that you do that you could really show us. And I appreciate all that. I value customer service. I value world class. At the same time, I got some stuff. I got you to see my stuff, right? Come on, come out and look at my, my pole barn and, and all that other stuff. So, you know, it depends. It all depends on how it's, how it's conveyed. If it's, if it's someone who's, who's playing nice, they're not a big jerk about it, and they ask nicely, that will probably go ahead and do that. That's that 10%. But that, that 5%, that's just not going to change, man. They're, they're not good to work with anyway. 
they're going to make, they're going to put a strain on the system, which is my admin, uh, all the way from the beginning market prep consultation, all the way through contract to close. And then at the end, they're not happy anyway. So up goes the Google and the Facebook reviews because they brought with them their own experience. And I can't change that. So and I love I love your answer to that. I'll, you know, I'll tell you the reason I ask is because I mean I'm I'm one of those guys. I really believe that a sign in the yard is better than a sign in the car, right? So I'll list anything. I don't care. You can be a jerk to me as long as you're not a jerk to my staff. I'm good. You can be a jerk to me. I'm all right with that. I, you know, your money's going to cash just as well as the next guy's. But I love your approach to it. Uh, you know, personally, I would probably do it a little different in terms of I would just I'd go on every appointment, and, and I'm the, I don't care how far it is. I'll go two and a half hours in any one direction uh, just to get a listing. Uh, and so, but that being said, that's not for everybody. And, and the fact you're getting people to come into the office to begin with is such a big deal. So that being said, uh, we got to go to final thoughts on that part of it so that we can get to the next system that you've dialed in. But tell us uh, your final thoughts on, and, and guys, if you have any questions uh, for Kevin, finally, on uh, the listing process, talk to us now. I have one quick question for you, Kevin. So, and again, I've got, I'm playing a little inside pool here, but uh, so obviously you're a great salesperson. I can hear you script. I can hear you just rattle that stuff off and it it works great, but how about somebody else? So if you've had other people on your team decide that they were going to be the listing agent, you know, they didn't necessarily have the Kevin Yoder sales skill set. How are they doing? Great question, boy. This is the thing that's been holding me up for quite a long time. I have somebody and I, I hired on Dan. Initially, uh, two months ago, my, my avenue for, for getting out of production was bringing on my listing partner in 2018. And we've done that and we're successfully bringing on listing partner two. He's ramping up as a buyer's agent for the next 90 days. So he'll be on by September, October. Uh, but he was with, Dan was with me for several months as he was a buyer's agent, he would be in all my listing appointments. And I said, there's really just a couple of rules. Number one, don't say, don't say a word. I almost swore again. Don't say a word and (laughs) just sit there and observe. And he, at first he didn't, he wanted to chime in and and use his version of language to influence and like, just, just stop, just not say a word. Watch me do what I do. I said, you have to be me. I know it's, it's a, it's a tall order, but just try it. Just do anything you can. (laughs) Just do what I do because I can't afford to have someone acting out on their own here in this super critical role. And so a couple of things, this is the, this is the thing that really came to light. Number one is he's, he's doing just fine. He's converting at really a similar level. And number two, which is the ace in the hole, the unexpected thing that happened was he has way more time. He has seven listing appointments this week. I, 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 I was hard. It was hard for me as a CEO, as a sales manager, recruiter, and everything to also, by the way, conduct more than four or five listing appointments. When Emily would schedule a listing appointment with me, I would, I would get a little pissy. I'd be like, what? What? What was this appointment on my schedule? She's like, Kevin, that's my job. And we'd have this little banter back and forth. I'm like, fine, I'll do it. And Dan, I heard her walk up to him. He walked up to her this morning. He's like, got any more for me? What you got? And so you see the difference? It's, it's night and day. He wants it. He needs it. It's perfect. Our clients, they schedule appointment that day or the next day. He's on it. Two or three. He had, he had four listing appointments last Friday. Are you kidding me? Four appointments in one day. I couldn't do that. I would never have the bandwidth to to present for a good part of six hours. It, it was just never happened. So what happened was when I was in production, those appointments would get pushed off the next week so I can 
push them out in the calendar and then people would list with someone else. Right. So there's a chance, there's a, there's a payoff there. There's a, we had to balance that. Is he going to convert at the highest level that I was? He might be 10% less, but, but how many appointments is he picking up that I couldn't do a lot more, a lot more. And that's the part that was the big aha. So I think that's, that lesson is good for anybody that's in production. You, you, you haven't thought all of that through. They're able to, they're able to, and that way we're able to help more people, which is ultimately the whole goal anyway. I didn't think about that as much as, as, it, as it came to light. Right. So, so what I heard there is Kevin Yoder is an amazing listing agent, but he can also train someone else to be an amazing listing agent. And you're not going to have any fall off from that, basically. And, and I think that's what people need to understand out there is, yes, you're an amazing listing agent. You're the greatest salesperson in the world. Guess what? We are not splitting the atom. We're asking people to list houses. And uh, so I, I applaud you for being willing to say, you know what, I can probably teach someone to be just as good as me. On my team, I've taught people to be better than me. And I, and I think that um, you're on that same path. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And, I, and I'm, I'm completely okay with that. I always tell my team, I said, I don't, I'm okay with, with falling to the background of this thing. I don't, I don't need to be the, the, the linchpin because I became the linchpin. I'm on a vacation. I'm the only one in this whole damn building that can lift a house. It's just ludicrous. Like yep. just crazy. My wife looked at me once. She's like, wait a minute, you have four salespeople and five admin and why are you the only one that lifts homes? I said, God, I don't know. What is wrong with me? So anyway. They're smarter than us a lot of times, aren't they? Well, <laughs> they are. You know, bring her in. Here's the truth about it too. You know, great leaders as Kevin and Brian and Shri all are, great leaders are humble. Right. And great leaders understand that their job is not to be the best at everything. Their job is to empower the people around them to be the best they can be, to give them the tools, the systems, the technology, everything they need, the support, all the things they need to be the very best at what they do and then get the guy out of their way. And that's how you succeed as a leader. It's not by, hey, I'm going to do everything and you guys are going to make it so that I can you know, do everything I do best. You know, you all work for me. No, that's not how it is. I work for you. That's what a good leader says. And I, I hear that coming out in what you guys are saying over and over and over again. So thank you for that. All right. Good stuff. Anything else on the listing process? Coach Shree, Coach Brian, Kevin, anybody? No. Okay. So let's switch gears. I'm excited about this next part. I want to talk about your process for onboarding new to industry agents. And before we talk about that, I want to give a shout out to our our sponsor for the, uh, Club Wealth TV, which is uh, WiseHire. And WiseHire does a great job. We use WiseHire in our business. Uh, you know, and it's funny, WiseHire, what they do is they run all your ads for you. They put them through a process and a funnel to, to get you down to some great candidates. It's it's affordable. It's like a couple hundred bucks a month. Uh, but what's really nice about it is, is it puts part of your onboarding, not all of it, but definitely put part of your onboarding process on autopilot and it helps you to have a consistent pipeline of people to talk with. Now, you're not going to recruit 20 agents a month out of WiseHire, but you know what? If you get one a month, fantastic, right? That's one a month you didn't have. And when I pay a couple hundred bucks a month for, for a new recruit each month, absolutely all day long. So Kevin, talk to us first of all about why in the world would you bring on new to industry agents? I mean, by the way, I agree with you. I love it. I'm just saying it this way because so many agents think it's insane. And why would I want to train all these people and spend all this time with them when I could just hire somebody who's already in the business? Sure, sure. I, I think that at the heart of that, you have really two two camps, two schools of thought. One is 
if someone's already licensed and they've already been selling real estate, the, the barrier of getting into production and, and selling homes for you is obviously a lot lower. I'm of the mindset of, I love coaching and training and I'm, and I love sales. And so I'd like to have some influence in that. And I also don't want to retrain someone, uh, work those habits out of somebody. I'd, I'd rather have someone fresh that doesn't have any preconceived ideas about how real estate should be done because they all have, we all have had preconceived ideas before we got into the industry. And that's just, that's just the path I took and I really enjoy it. And I love, I love the stories. I love the backgrounds. I love the history. I love the fact that someone is a, we have a great new guy who's going to be my listening partner as well. This is just one of them. They all are just great people with, with different backgrounds. He's a, he was a general manager of a brewery. And I mean, just, just at a high level there and, and, and making good money. But ultimately the, 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 the thing usually is the same, which is just feeling capped, like this, the limited potential, unlimited potential is not there. And whether it's income or opportunity or growth, and that's really the story that runs through the folks we're attracting is, is they want more, whether it's, it's money or, or lifestyle or uh, income passivity through real estate investments, eventually, whatever that thing is, we're able to provide that. And, and I just, I just really love it. That's, that's where we are. And, you know, it's interesting. It's a lot more fun to build a world-class team than it is to do everything on your own, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because it, we always say, and we say this jokingly, but eagles don't flock with turkeys, right? So as I'm building a team, the goal is I want to find the very, very best people I can possibly find. And honestly, it doesn't matter to me what industry they come from, right? I could care less if they've been in real estate or if they've been in something else. What I'm looking for is rock stars. You know, we talk about hiring for talent and training for skill. But the problem is that in, with agents or team leaders that go out there and they're specifically looking for experienced agents, well, you're kind of doing it just the opposite, right? You're hiring for skill and, and hoping they've got talent. Well, that, that doesn't work as well. Uh, now, does it take extra effort, energy, and time to train a new-to-the-industry agent to become good at real estate? Yes, of course it's an investment of time, effort, energy. But you know what? Investments are just that. They're an investment. And when we invest the right resources and time into the right things, we get return on our investment. And when we talk about people on our teams, it couldn't be any better. We're getting phenomenal rate of return on that investment that we're making in these folks. And so it makes sense to continue to pour ourselves into them. Would you agree with that, Kevin? I would agree 100%. There's, it's right there. Absolutely. So you're going to love to do that too. Yeah. Let's talk about some interview questions. So, you know, how do I know if I'm hiring a turkey or an eagle, to quote Michael there? So, <laughs> if I'm sure. sitting in front of you, you know, and I'm like, hey, I, I own, I was the manager of a brewery, and obviously I'd be a great real estate agent. You know, so what what kind of questions are there? What do you, what's your process look like? Because I feel like, you know, we have people in the industry and you hear it a lot. Man, I hired 10 agents and they all quit, or I, I hired 10 agents and mm-hmm. None of them will do any business. They won't show up for work. They won't do this. And, I, you know, I deal with this literally every single day talking to people. So I feel like you've been relatively successful in this process. What have you done? You know, what's your interview process look like? Yeah. So, so I'll address that from the top. We call it top of the funnel. I, I, you know what? Let me just roll this thing back real quick. Let me, get, let me just give you a quick two-minute history, which brings you to today. I started off, I wanted to start a team. I was a solo agent for, you know, good 10 years, 2002 to 2011-ish. So that's nine years. 
And then I wanted to start a team. So I hired an admin, step one, and then I just hired a bunch of agents. Anybody. If you had a pulse, you're going to come on my team. And that was about four or five agents. That didn't work. It failed miserably. Everyone, I let everyone go. Then I thought, well, let, maybe there's something to this going small model, which is the, you know, showing specialists, but having two rock star agents. And I suddenly realized that two could easily be one. And then when there's one, when they're not in production, you have none. So that didn't work out either. I was about two years of that game. And then I decided, okay, if I want to have a true business now, now we're getting into Gerber and, and understanding what a true business is. And it's not, it, it's not two people. It's, it's not, it has to be more, not because two isn't, isn't good, but two is close to one. And one was, one is the loneliest number that I ever knew. And it's a great song, isn't it? Are you going to sing yeah. it for us, Kevin? But Come on, baby. I, I, <laughs> if, I, if I knew the lyrics, I totally would. I just know that line, but <laughs> so you can see how it was, it was go big, go small. And then, and then the, the truth came out that I really knew I had to grow myself in order to be able to attract great people. And that's where the, that was the sort of the aha moment where I had it. I was hitting a, a ceiling of achievement and I couldn't go through that, uh, that mark. And I had to, I had to work on me in order to attract people because you have to have something to offer. You can't just say, come here, leave your job and, and come to this place. And by the way, I'm a crappy leader and I have no, I have no vision and no sales skills. So that's where we are today. I decided to just blow it up and, and work, have that be my one thing and drill down on recruiting. And, and it, it just, it started to, to evolve into something really wonderful. And we're, 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 we're happy where we are. We know we're not bringing on 20 agents a month. Uh, at the same time, this is a work in progress and I'm super proud of where we are with it. But I, I didn't know if I answered your question or not. Oh, the process. Okay. Let's go there we call it top of the funnel. So in the process of creating a system, so you notice everything's a system. It's, it's a system for listing. It's a system for contract to close. This is, this is a system. And, and Sheree, I know you know all well about this, right? Uh, we call it top of the funnel. So top of the funnel is actually wide higher for us. And I'm glad they're the sponsor of this call. They handle that, that top of the funnel piece. I have, I just calculated, we had 1,586 applicants in the last year and a half. Wow. We've hired 18. 1,586. Wow. We hired 18. Okay, so the funnel starts off like this, right? But real fast, it gets down here. And Wise Hire's scoring mechanism, they had to dumb this stuff down for us real estate agents because we couldn't deal with, with, with numbers, you know, like what does 90 mean? So they actually had to just turn that into good and very good and an average. So we all know what that means, right? And excellent. So now that's how it works. So we can all look at that and, and I can train my 12 year old how to, how to read wise hire and how to move them to the next part of the funnel. So we look at the score, we look at the disc, we look at their, their three measures, their economic drive. Is it someone that really wants to make money? Then we also look at their, uh, their resume. Now I used to think that anybody could be in sales where they have a high score on wise hire and they had the, a good disc profile I'm not interested in, in bringing someone on unless they've had some position that re, that resembles sales, something of influence. I'm not going to bring on a forklift driver or, and this is nothing against the people that work in those positions. It just means that I don't have the bandwidth to bring you from driving forklift to influencing someone to meet with you over the other 3000 agents that they could work with. That's a, that's a huge chasm that I can't, I can't fill that gap. 
some sales skills. Restaurant, it's okay. We can do that stuff. Wireless sales, uh, any sort of sales background, customer service, we're leaning on that, a little bit left away from it. But that's what we've evolved into is just, just making sure their background is, is a little bit sales-like. And then they move on to the next step, which is we actually run them through another filter, which is another measure. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's uh, called, what's it called, Judas? Um, anyway, it, it gives us another score, which, okay, let me just give you an example. So if wise hire tests for extrinsic motivations, this one, this one really tests for intrinsic. So now we're actually taking that salesperson that has a predisposition towards sales and we're really pressing down on it saying, okay, are you, if the, if the extrinsic motivation goes away, such as the boat or the house that you're looking to go after, when you wake up in the morning after you have those things, are you still going to hustle? Is it, is it in you? Is it in you to do that? Or is it because your thing, you got the thing you wanted, that's gone and now you stop hustling. So that's what this next measure gives us. And, we, and it takes the funnel from here to here. Now it's down to this. You can see that? Now, if they pass that one with an average score or higher, they move on to a video interview process. We use another technology for that. And the video technology, the interview, interview poses eight questions to them which they then need to respond to, and then we can rate their answers collectively. And if they pass that step, then they're, then they're allowed to move on to what we call a, a, a face-to-face computer interview, similar, similar to what we'd be doing here. And I have a series of questions I ask them there. If they make it past that stage, we invite them to an in-office appointment for another interview, which is me asking a series of sales-related questions and really digging into their background. If they make it past that step, then we're talking about the next level, which I think that's six in, is uh, sort of an expectations piece. Here's what's expected. Here's the compensation. Here are the splits. Here's the ideal weekly schedule. Here's what this really looks like. Is this something you think you can do or want to do or want to still participate in? If the answer is yes, great. Go home. Talk to people that you love, that love you, and tell them what you're about ready to do. And then call me back tomorrow. Let me know it's, it's for sure what you want to do. And then, of course, if it is, we send them an offer letter with with uh, the uh, references they need to fill out, and it's all pending uh, good results there. And then we set them up for the next class. We like to have – we're going to have one new agent training per month, and usually it's around the third week of the month. And we had uh, five new agents go in in, in, uh, in July or June, last, third part of June, and we're going to have a, a four, three or four coming in next week. And so so this is a step process. Say, of, of those five, how many came through? Say, say that again. You put five in training. How, of them, how many of those made it through training and became full-fledged members of the team? Oh, they're, they're all in. Yeah. They're, they're, in fact, they're, they're, we put them in through training. They're, they're going through what I – well, the name's evolving. I, I sort of call it Yoder University or, you know, Yoder Fast Track Program, but it, it's online. And then there's also – I'm spending time with them. So they're doing the online training, which walks them through the basics of real estate, MLS, lead conversion, FirePoint, converting a call, new buyer appointment, mindset, law of attraction, wealth creation. And at the very end, they have to pass new buyer appointment certification, script certification, sign call certification, and they have to get through me to get there. So we had one this morning and we, we have a scoring mechanism and you got to hit the points. And if you don't hit the points, you're not on calls. 
So he was close, but now I'm assuming those, more time. those things are in the download that you sent to Tara that we've got on the website there, clubwealth.com forward slash Kevin Yoder. That's Y-O-D-E-R. So those of you that have not been there, uh, go ahead and get that on the website. Uh, and don't forget, you can watch this podcast at clubwealth.com forward slash TV. Uh, it'll be on and available for the podcast here in about a week to two weeks. Sure. Go ahead. So the the one thing that I I wanted to make sure that we highlighted was that there are four steps before it gets to Kevin that's mm-hmm. happening. So there's four steps because we have a lot of uh, team leaders that are just starting on this recruiting and they don't have this system that's in place yet. And so they look at every single resume. Um, but you have something that's in place. Is that is that what's going to be online, um, Michael, for the other team leaders to see? So, Kevin, I'm assuming that that is included in that document you sent, Tara, or is it not? So, yeah, the, the, because it's because it has evolved, I have, as I did with the ultimate home selling system, we had the ultimate recruiting system. The recent changes to that didn't make the infographic because they have been. So this is this is this is evolving daily. Uh, my wife is is running point on top of funnel. So she's the one that brings them from wise hire and then communicates with them with, with the candidate through the next stage and then through the next stage. So she's massaging that, that lead and that candidate, they get to know her virtually before they even get to meet me. So this is not just a, a, you know, not just a mechanical piece. There's some conversations that are happening, some phone calls and Hey, by the way, we sent you the invitation. We didn't see you filled it out. Is there something that we can help you with? So there's all that going on. Um, That hasn't made it to the infographic yet. I'm happy to, to so we can revamp that and get it out there at some point soon. But it's all this is all very, very new and very nuanced, these pieces that we're changing with the process. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Okay. So for, tell us uh, in a nutshell, what's included in the, because we, we, you guys, we, do we talk about this, Kevin and I talked about this ahead of time. So essentially we wanted to make sure that we not only had the download available to you for the new agent onboarding, but also the in-office listing appointment download. What's involved in that one, Kevin? What's involved in the, what are, what are we getting? The, so when they go to, when they go to cobalt.com for it, so, Kevin yeah. Yoder, what are they getting? Stuff you sent to yesterday. Yeah, I sent the, the ultimate home selling system. And I believe I sent a recruiting piece too. I can uh, I can double check. Is that is that online right now, Michael? It is. Yeah, that's up. That's up and running. Okay. So perfect. Okay. All right. Good stuff. So that being said, uh, we've got only a few minutes left. So those of you who have questions for Kevin uh, or for Sharia, Brian, or I, then feel free to type them into your feed there. Um, And if you would like to hear more from Kevin, type in Kevin into the Facebook feed that you guys are uh, involved in here, whichever feed you're on. Type in, we want more Kevin or more Kevin, and we'll see if we can't get Kevin to come back and talk more with us about some of these unique things that he's doing. Uh, and by the way, shout out to Gabe Cordova, Mike York, and Mike Novak. It's good to have you guys on. I appreciate you guys uh, being on today and so many others that are watching right now. Uh, so Brian and Shree, last questions for Kevin. So I got a little bit, a couple of them that I wanted to run down because there's a couple of things that I think that there are myths that are out there. So let's see, team size. What's your team size? We have we have three admin and an integrator, so I'd put it four on the operations side. Seven salespeople, one ISA, and three to four onboarding agents next week, as okay. of right now. Good. So it's not this 
50 or 40 person team. Some people think that if you're doing radio, if you're doing all of this, you need to have 30 plus people in order to do that. But you're not doing that with a 30 plus person team. Great. Fantastic. Right. How long have you been in the business? 2002, 16 years. Good. Good. 16 years. Why real estate? Good question. Uh, actually, I, I, as I mentioned earlier, I told you I like houses and uh, and that sort of thing. But I think initially, real estate was the was a sales avenue. I enjoyed sales and I enjoyed working with people. It was it was a sales avenue that I knew I could have direct impact, and the work I performed would be my income would be in direct relation to that and how well I served the client. That answer has evolved, however, because I'm not truly necessarily passionate just about real estate. I'm more passionate about about creating world class business, and it doesn't even need to be real estate. I, I this could we could be talking Sheree, about something else right now. We could be in a different industry, and you'd say why why the hell widgets? I'm like I don't. It's not widgets. It's I could do real estate, right? So it, it it's not. It's not even just real estate. We just happen to be in an industry that allows us to have a uh, a real deep connection with a client and it's pretty cool right we have this awesome thing that we're doing every day i like to tell our agents we have the best job in the world i think we can have an impact in other industries and do this thing uh and maybe even better given given technological breakthroughs in other industries that we just haven't seen yet i think people apply some pretty cool stuff that allow them to have more forward thinking than what we have and i don't know i've been doing it for 16 years so maybe i'm a slow learner uh, but i'm I'm figuring this thing out. I'm really enjoying the path that I'm on right now. And I can tell you, I don't think you're a slow learner on that. I think that what we see a lot of in that tier one plus to tier two is that um, it's a transition that uh, people have to make. And team leaders, especially as who I'm talking about, where they go from uh, being this individual agent to this is a business. And I'm glad you said that because I was hoping you would say that, that this is a business that you're running and you should treat it as such. Um, and I think you've done a fantastic job uh, with that. So I'll send it on down to uh, Brian there because I think we're getting pretty close to running out of time here. We actually are running out of time. So Brian, wrap us up. Go ahead. So here's my final thought that, you know, I take away from Kevin and, you know, probably the very first time that I even spoke to him, I figured this out about him really quickly is everything is a system and to a level that makes it so eventually you will be able to step out of your business completely and plug somebody else in. Everything in your business is plug and play. When you talk about, I think it was 1,584, don't quote me on that. I think that's a number I heard you say to hire 18 people, but there's a, literally a process and it's, you know, from here all the way down to here. And I love that. And, you know, I have a little insight on your business, but that's true for everything. The ultimate home selling system, the ultimate home listing is, you know, everything is a system. If you want to learn one thing from this call today, build a system because a system is something you can do over and over and over again. And it allows you to put other people in it and it doesn't have to be you and only you. I love it. You know, and we are out of time. Very quickly, the last thing that I want to mention, and Kevin, I would love to have you just share with us uh, as a Club Wealth coaching client, right? Tell us about your experience with Club Wealth. And I know Brian is your Club Wealth coach. uh, And so tell us what has your your experience with Club Wealth and what advice would you give to other people that are considering hiring or even given thought to Club Wealth at all? Sure, sure. And you can see in the description of the of this call today, it, it mentions that I've, I've 
I've been able to do what I've done by standing on the shoulders of giants and paying attention to what mentors are doing and coaches. And this is not my first coaching company. And I've had great coaches in the past. I would tell you that this is a different experience in that it's more multifaceted. And the fact that agents can coach agents that are, that are just below them in production level, I think there's some magic there because it gives insight. And it's not like there's someone that's done this before and it's been a long time that's coaching you or they've never done it before. And I've experienced both of those things. And this is unique in that way. And uh, I think numbers, numbers are, are important. And we, we judge coaching just like we do any other investments such as radio ads or direct mail campaigns. I mean, we're looking for an ROI on this. If we're, if we're dishing out some, some loot every month and we're not getting back a, a two to three fold, then, then it's probably not going to be something that we're going to continue. And, and I just canceled the radio station about two weeks ago for that reason. I said, no, nothing personal. And it truly is nothing personal. We just didn't get a three to one minimum. And in this case, uh, you know, we're still, we're still with you guys and we're, we're getting value out of, out of football coaching and um, that we're up 40% from last year. And, you know, I'll give, I'll give credit where credit is due. So. I love Appreciate it. it. That's awesome. Well, thank you very, very much for that. Sheree Benjamin, do you have a party thought? We got to wrap up right now. No, just what he just said. It's men lie, women lie, but numbers don't. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much for watching. We got to jump on our coaches call right now uh, with uh, 60 plus co- club wealth coaches. Uh, and so we're going to bail. But thank you so much for watching. And remember, inside each one of you is a world class beast just dying to get out. You can have an experience like Kevin Yoder. You just got to decide it's time to be world class. Pick something to be world class at and go make it happen today. Thanks so much, you guys. Have a great day.